Welcome to the Your Oxygen Mask First podcast. I'm Erin Young, and this is a space where we explore ways to help the helpers. Because you can't help anyone before you help yourself. So sit back, put your own oxygen mask on, and enjoy the ride. Thank you everyone for joining us. I'm very excited for this topic. It's one that's near and dear to my heart. Today we're going to be talking about when you should see a mental health professional and how do you find one. And today I am so excited that we are sitting here with Amy Turner and she is a therapist and amazing, amazing person. And she's going to tell us how to find a mental health professional or somebody that can help you work through whatever you're going through and what you should look for. You know, do you just Google it and pick the first one? I don't think that's probably the great idea. So Amy, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. I'm very excited to be here and to share this important information with all of your listeners. So let's start off and tell us about yourself and your business and what you do. Yeah, so my name is Amy Turner. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I'm also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor. And so my business is called No BS Therapy. I'm just seeing how there's ways to help people in quicker ways, and that's why I kind of came up with that that whole name, No BS Therapy. I love it. Because so many times, if you see a, a clinician or a therapist, they have you coming back and back and back. And, you know, you're just straight to the point. Let's get it done. Let's get it fixed and move on. Exactly. Yeah. I know how important time and energy is for everyone. And so if we can just get right into it and see what's going on and feel better and move on, I'm very happy to do that. That's awesome. So as a professional, when do you finally know it's time to talk to a professional? Can you give us um, some insight as to what are the signs and symptoms and how do you know that whatever it is that you're doing is just not working anymore and you need to, to talk to somebody? So some of the signs are if you're having just increased stress. Like just as humans, naturally, we have stress. Just different things happen. But if it's constant stress, which is making you more irritable, more angry, more tired, that's something that you'd want to go talk with a professional about. Also, if you notice that you're having more arguments in a relationship, whether it's with your partner or it's with your family, or there's just a lot more discord going on than, than normal, then some, something is going on. So it's important to talk with someone and see if they can help you. I'd also say if you're noticing that you're having a lot more emotions lately, like you're feeling more angry than normal or more irritable or crying more, if you're having a lot more emotions, that could be something to talk with a professional about. And the opposite is if you're completely numb to your emotions. So if you're not feeling sad, if you're not feeling angry, if you're feeling kind of that you're sleeping a lot, you're not finding joy in things that you used to find joy in. So you're feeling very not having emotions and just kind of numb and just not excited about life. That's a big one to go check out. And then also if you are having repetitive shaming thoughts, like telling yourself that you're not good enough, telling yourself you can't do anything right, just different things that are just 
debilitating. They keep showing up over and over and over again. There's definitely a lot of tools out there that professionals can help you with. And I will throw this out there, too, for those of you that are listening that are actually a mental professional, a health professional, that if you can have these symptoms as well, but also while you're helping other people, if you're noticing that you're having less empathy, that that's a big one, that there's something going on with you. There's, you need, you need to take a mental health day or you need to go talk to a professional. And also if you're noticing at work, maybe while you're helping other people that you are more irritable and that stress is up. And another big one to pay attention to is, if you're noticing that you have to pop an extra Xanax or you're drinking more than normal because that's the way that you're dealing with what's happening at work and what's happening at, in your career, those are some really big, big reasons to go talk to someone. Those are huge. And I think yeah. a lot of us have felt those or are currently feeling those, and it's really hard to label them and figure out if this is normal or not. And it seems like it's kind of a culture thing for people who are helping people is that, you know, we don't take care of ourselves because we're so busy taking care of other people that we just find a way to just push through it and deal with it, self-medicate. But those are huge red flags right there. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and that, that's what's so hard, especially for the helping professionals because it's like, well, we're supposed to help other people, and so we put our self-care below, and then all of this stuff starts stemming up. And so that's when it's like, no, we have to actually take care of ourselves first. I mean, one of my favorite things to tell people and to remind myself about is if you imagine you being a cup, right, like a coffee cup, and you have to have your coffee cup completely full, and then you can give that coffee to your patients or your clients or the people that you're helping. But when you're helping people, when your cup isn't full, then you don't have as much to give. And so that's what can really bring on more stress, more emotions, more numbness, different things like that. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned coffee too, because I'm pretty sure I have an IV implanted in my arm of coffee right now. Yeah, I think a lot of helping professionals have that as well. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me for at least 15 minutes until after I have my coffee, then we're good. <laughs> yeah, I've had some coworkers like that too. You know, as soon as they show up to work, let them drink their coffee and then ask them how they are. Exactly. But I'm glad you actually hit upon something that is very interesting about the apathy fatigue. Yeah, that's the thing is it's like when you're helping someone or many people over and over again, and it's just taking a toll on you. That's when I, I think, I don't know, I don't know if every single profession allows this, but mental health days are so important. So most professions, you know, they have those sick days, but in the helping profession, we have a thing called mental health day, where it's not necessarily that you're calling in sick, but you're calling in because you need to get back to your emotions and who you are and your health when it comes mentally before you can go help other people. And so mental health days are huge in the industry if you, wherever you work, allows them. And that, that is so hard for the helpers in public safety 
because there are certain places and different um, organizations that have super strict sick leave policies so that if, you know, you call in sick and you have to prove you're sick, how do you prove that you have a mental health issue? And, and you may not even want to talk about it. But if you have to prove that you've seen a doctor because you're sick, how do you prove that your brain is sick? That's such a good question. Because, yeah, a doctor, you can just get a doctor's note. But I'm assuming, I guess you could go to a therapist, but you can't always just get in and see a therapist. You have to have an appointment. It's not as easy as going straight to the doctor where you can just jump in and get and get a, a report. So it's not, it's not as easy as like a medical leave as a mental health leave. Mm-hmm. So I guess the, the important takeaway is that if you're sick, you're sick, you're systemically sick. It doesn't matter what part of your body hurts or not. It's just throwing it out there, though, for, for different organizations and agencies that maybe we need to have a conversation and better policies on sick leave and mental health days. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing is it's like other professions, they, yeah, they have sick days because people get sick. And so do we as helping professionals. We have those as well. But the thing is, is helping professions, we are giving, giving, giving so much that we actually do get depleted emotionally and mentally. And it's so important for us to come back to ourselves and have that day to ourselves to not have to be listening to other people's problems and having to have that huge empathy when we are just feeling so depleted. And I think mental health days are so incredibly important. And if they, I agree, Erin, I think that this does need to be discussed further because it's really important for, for helping professionals to be allowed to have these days so they can come back and be a better helper to those people. Absolutely. I totally agree. So when people decide that it's time, I need help, I need to go see a professional, what is the difference between a clinician, a therapist, a healer? What is it about that person that they can have uh, better results than someone just going to their friends and family and just venting and verbal diarying all over them? (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. And then their family member or friends just looking at them and like, that sucks. (laughs) Like you, you had a bad day, apparently. (laughs) exactly or if they don't know how to handle it then they just change the subject and or walk away that's my favorite (laughs) but that's so that's so frustrating for someone who who needs that help and just to get it out and to have someone help them process it you know and then they get angry at their spouse or their friend or their coworker because they just don't understand they're not getting it so they can do a lot for you because friends and family usually they're, they don't have the education or the tools to know how to support you in whatever you're going through. And so even though they may care greatly about what you're going through, they could actually hurt you more because they don't know how to handle it. And so it's really important to see a professional because, first of all, they've been educated. They've gone to school. They have their degree. They have many hours. They have supervision. They know how to help you. And so that, that's the main, the first thing is that they're educated and you trust that they know that they have the tools to help you. The second thing is that they are safe people. 
And so you can tell them anything. And there might be things that you would be hesitant to tell your friends or your family because you're worried about how you may sound or what they may think. But when you go to a professional, we've heard it all. So there's nothing you can really say to shake someone and and you know that it's a safe place for you to share what's going on with you. And when you go see a professional, you sign a confidentiality contract, which means that what you share in the session will be confidential to you and that therapist. Now, the only reason it wouldn't be is because every single mental professional is a mandated reporter. And that means if you ever talk about any type of abuse or neglect and we have to report it. I mean, there's many different things about that that I won't go into, but I just want to let everyone know that there are some reasons why confidentiality has to be broken. But for the most part, if you're just coming in talking about the stressors of your life, then your husband, your wife, your kids, your family, they never have to know. It's just between you two. And the other piece of it too is because this professional isn't with you all the time. They don't know how you act in real life. They don't know you that they're going to be able to maybe give you a different perspective on what you think is going on and how maybe you're beating yourself up in your head about it. They're able to see it from another side and show you another perspective, which can really help you so much with whatever stuff is going on. And you're able to be your most authentic self. No holds barred. It's all good, right? Oh, exactly. Please come with your authentic self. It's so hard if someone comes in wanting to be liked and we're sitting there like, okay, so tell tell us what's going on because we can't help you unless you're being completely authentic. Awesome. So let's talk about, and no BS, because that's your thing and I love it. The stigma around getting help, why is it so hard for people to accept that seeing a counselor, seeing a therapist, getting mental health is okay? It's like going to the doctor for a broken bone. Why Why is this such a big issue? I think ego has a lot to do with it. I mean, everyone understands that people have physical issues and they get sick. And so a doctor is a very important thing. But when it comes to mental health and emotional health, it's still that stigma. It's not as bad anymore. I mean, people are very comfortable talking about that they just saw a therapist and couples therapy and different things like that. But the stigma, the stigma is still out there. So the stigma about getting help is a lot of us were taught that emotions are not good unless they're happy. And to kind of just pick up your bootstraps and move on with your day and don't let it take over. And so I think that's why when I talked about earlier is when people numb themselves from emotions because it's not safe to have the emotions. And so what we do is we swallow it all and then we get completely numb and have no excitement for life anymore. And so we're really getting out of it now, but there still is a little bit of that stigma about, yeah, I went and saw a therapist because I, I need help. Some people, that therapist word is still not seen as, oh, wow, you went to the doctor, good for you. It's like, oh, you went to a therapist, something's wrong with you. And so 
there's still a little bit of that, like, oh, what's wrong with you, which we don't get when we go to a doctor. But it is it is becoming better. And also what I touched on, too, for the other mental professionals that are listening to this, mental health professionals, is that whole thing about we have a hard time asking for help because we are helpers. And in my opinion, we need more help than anyone because for us to be able to completely help other people, we have to feel supported as well. And we can't do it on our own. That is incredibly huge too. Turning therapy, it's not a dirty word anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's something that should be celebrated and you should get a pat on the back and a sticker when you go to the therapist, like, you know, going to the pediatrician or the dentist. Exactly. Yeah. And it's still, it's still not, it's better because more people will talk about it and be open about it, but it's, Still, people don't want to share. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know in the mental professional too, or the, yeah, the mental health professional too, it's like we're seen as people that help others. And so it's hard to tell other helpers, oh yeah, I need help too. Yeah, it's a huge culture thing, but hopefully we're changing that. Exactly. It definitely needs to be changed because I'm a big believer is you can't, whatever whatever patient or client you have, you can't take them any further than you've gone yourself. And so I'm a big proponent for everyone to constantly be working on yourself, to get that personal growth, to go find a therapist or go find someone, some kind of healer to make you move forward and let you understand about why self-care is so important. Mm -hmm. So then you can give back in a much healthier and empathetic way. Yeah, it fills up your cup. So you have more to pour from. Exactly. So now that I have been inspired and it's okay for me to ask for help, how do I find somebody? What, what do I look for? What do I do? So there's different ways to do it. Uh, you can just go online because these days Google has all of the answers. <laughs> so you can just type in therapist or psychologist in Google search and for locally and you can find people that way. You can look at their website, see if they if they resonate with you, if you if you feel that they might be someone that can help you just by reading their website. There are some different stipulations too. Now if you're someone who you want to use your insurance, then you have to go through your insurance and find out who takes your insurance. And so you're a little bit more limited in that if you want to use your insurance. If you're able to not use your insurance, that's when you have more control. And here's something that really doesn't go on very much at all if someone is looking for a therapist, which I think is absolutely crucial. And I want you to think about finding a therapist like when you're dating. When you date, in a sense, you're, you're interviewing them to see, oh, okay, will they be a good match for me when you're on a date? Mm -hmm. But a lot of times people just find a therapist and they just go into the office and start the therapy. And some people get really lucky and they find the one that works for them. And some people don't. And either they're scared to leave or they leave and they're constantly looking. And so I like people before you even decide, have three, have three that you call up and you set up a time to talk on the phone or go into their office. 
And you ask them questions. You find out, okay, what work have you done? And who are your clients? And, and people don't really do that. They just accept, oh, okay, this is the therapist I was given. And not every single therapist fits for every single person. So I like to think of therapy as dating. Like, ask around. Ask questions. Make sure this, this is a person that you know can help you. Tell them what your problem is and ask them how they've helped other people with that same problem in the past and listen to their answers and then decide if that's the one that you want to work with. That is such a good idea. I never even thought about anything like that. Yeah, people usually don't. They just think, okay, here's a therapist. They have uh, they have depression on their website, so I'm going to go to them. And you have no idea. I mean, everyone has different mannerisms and personalities. And sometimes when you meet with the person, you're, you don't feel safe. It's not that that person isn't a safe person. There's just something there that you're not comfortable with and you don't know. But if you have other options, then you get to take control of who is the person that, that you want to help you. Yeah, and if it's not somebody that you're comfortable with, you're not going to be completely honest and authentic with them. So you're not going to get help with, from them anyway. So you're wasting your time pretty much just by picking the first one you see. Yeah, I like telling people that you have more control than you know. Well, and I think it probably would make one feel better, that feeling like they're in control in such a unique and uncomfortable situation. Because I know I've I've walked into an office before where I wasn't completely comfortable, but I just figured, well, that was, this was the first one that could get me in and I really needed to, to talk to somebody. And, you know, I don't think it really benefited me the way that I needed it to. So I wish I would have known that then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now you know it and now your listeners know it. And if you do have time to, I mean, if you're in a crisis, go to whoever can see you. I will say that. Mm -hmm. But if it's Absolutely. something that you, you can wait and you can call different people and see if they're right for you, that's the best way. So what is the process like? We talk, talked a little bit about calling and interviewing. What happens if you find someone you like? How long does it take? And do you walk out a completely healed person? Or is this something that there's a, a little bit of a time frame you should come to expect? There is a time frame. Uh, the thing is, is it's like everyone is different. It depends how major the issue is that you're going through of how long you will be in therapy. And it also depends on the type of therapy that the therapist does because there's so many different models out there. There's some therapists that will just work on your stress with you and move you forward. And then there's some therapists that will move back into the past and go into your childhood and work on how that's still showing up in your adult life. So it completely depends on what's going on with you and the model of therapy that the therapist uses. You could go for a couple of sessions, maybe, I don't know, five or six, and feel completely better, or you might need to go for a year or two to really feel like you've made progress and you don't have that stressor anymore. I wouldn't say that you're completely healed. You could be. It really, it really just depends on the issue itself. Mm -hmm. And all of those traumas and micro traumas that get stacked up over and over and over again, there may be some, some work that you have to do and it's not going to be tomorrow. Exactly. Yeah. You, 
it's not really instant gratification when it comes to your life and what you've been through and what's going on. Hmm. Amy, tell us a little bit about rapid transformational therapy or called RTT. I hear you're a specialist in that. Yeah, so I love rapid transformational therapy. It's very new to America. It originated in England. And the woman who started it, Marissa Peer, is all about helping people find the root cause of whatever their issue is very rapidly. And so what she's done is she's compared, she's taken a lot of the models that are out there and found the best parts of them and combined them into her rapid transformational therapy, which includes a little bit of hypnosis, a little bit of NLP, a little bit of CBT, so cognitive behavioral therapy, and then a little bit of therapy, too, to help people find the root cause of their issues. And when I first found this model, I really didn't believe it would work. I was just like, there's no way you can help people this quickly. And because I'm a skeptic at heart, and I found this model, and she was just bringing it to America. And so she wanted people to, people in America to try her program and see how it works. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it, and I'm going to prove her wrong, and I'm going to get my money back. Hmm. <laughs> and so I, I took her course on RPT, and I started practicing it with my friends and coworkers. And the breakthroughs that happened in two hours was out of this world. It was so different than talk therapy, more different than anything I've ever experienced. And I was like, oh my gosh, this woman is not crazy. This is real. This really works. And then that's when I kind of ventured out. I'm still a licensed therapist, but now I concentrate mostly on RPT because I'm in this profession to help people. And that's the way that I've found I can help people in a very very quick amount of time to where they're able to find the root cause of their issue, which usually is stemmed in childhood. And then they're able to understand why they feel empowered again, because they had to create that issue for whatever reason. And they're empowered realizing that they can uncreate it and move on with their life. And it's, it's starting to become bigger and bigger. And Marissa Peer is on a mission to make this put this all in schools, put the, like, have everyone know how big it is. She wants it to be as big as NLP and CBT and different things, and it's incredible. Mm -hmm. Well, I am highly interested, and I think that you should come back and talk all about RTT on one of our next episodes. I would love to. Because I think that it is so important and it's so effective that it kind of needs its its own hour. Yes, it definitely does. So, Amy, is there anything else that you would like to talk about? Any closing thoughts? Just know that you're not weak by asking for help. You're actually a really strong, powerful person when you do ask for help because we can't do this on our own. We need other people. And so the more that you can understand that and realize how powerful that concept is, the more that 
we can change this world as we know that we can we can ask for help and we don't have to do it alone. Thank you so much, Amy. I super duper appreciate this. I'll have links down below and in the comments and in all of the notes. Any place I can put the links, I'm going to put the links to nobstherapy.com if you're interested into talking more about RTT with Amy, you can shoot her a message and and talk to her because she is absolutely incredible at what she does. Thank you so much, Amy. Thank you so much for having me, Erin. And I hope I hope that I help the listeners understand a little bit more about mental health and the stigma behind it and everything. Well, you help me, so you've got one person. Yes, that's how we start. One, and then the ripple effect. Exactly, because you can't help others if you don't have your own oxygen mask on. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. And I hope that you found something that really resonates with you. I can't wait to share even more. So please subscribe to the podcast and you can find links to our resources in the description and at youroxygenmaskfirst.com.